Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. I'm joined by Kennedy. I love Breakup Breakdown. I, I used to have you on all the time, and now I feel like you're on like once every blue moon. Yeah, can I be on like once a month? Maybe I really, really like doing this with you. Yeah, what's it? We'll, make it, we'll make it a plan. Also, you're coming to the Breakup Breakdown brunch. I'm so excited. I hope I get to see you all of you there. So if you want to check out how you can get tickets, those are going to be in the episode description. They're 50 bucks, not including tax, but it does include a delicious brunch buffet so you can load up on carbs and eggs and all the delicious and good stuff well this week we're going to be talking about boundaries healthy boundaries unhealthy boundaries whether they're controlling whether they're not controlling and when i was listening to this episode it kind of reminded me of something we had talked about on the burt show my day job where we had been talking about any i don't know if you saw this news about jonah hill and his girlfriend she posted all of these text screenshots and was like look at how emotional abusive he is he's basically telling me i can't have photos in bikinis where my butt's out i can't surf with other men and just like all of this really like aggressive boundaries essentially and so we had this whole debate as to like are they his boundaries or are they controlling and that's kind of what we're going to be doing for the next 20 ish minutes however long we want to shoot the crap on it let's do it okay so let's talk about two different scenarios in this week's main episode the first was from the ex-boyfriend he ended up cheating on her. She found out through the ex-girlfriend. It was this whole thing. But before that all even happened, while they were in the relationship, he really wanted her to quit her job and just be financially supported by this man, which I'm sure some girls listened to that and was like, wow, that sounds amazing. But he kind of gave her a hard time about it. But she's like, I don't want to do that. That's literally my livelihood. And I enjoy my job. Isolating somebody from their source of income, 100% controlling. Absolutely agree with that. I wanted to get like a like a broad definition of like a filter that we could look at different scenarios through the lens of. And so this therapist that has been on my podcast once, I love her. Her name is Katie Morton. She said, boundaries are not about trying to control somebody's behavior. It's about keeping yourself safe and healthy. It's a great way to be able to define when someone's controlling you or gaslighting you versus like what's just something that's going to be helpful, beneficial to your relationship. Boundaries are meant to keep yourself safe in all scenarios and people that try to manipulate and say that boundaries are controlling. I just disagree. A boundary that she had had, obviously, when all the infidelity was coming up was she was like, well, I obviously don't want you talking to like a bunch of other girls in the DMs because that was that's what was going on. I could see him from the other side going, well, she doesn't want me talking to other girls. She's so controlling. What's your take on that? Do you think asking someone to not communicate with other women? And I'm sure she wasn't like, no women whatsoever. But like, let's say he had five girls that he was DMing and he's saying, oh, there's nothing going on here. They're just girls that I DM. Do you think it's controlling or a boundary? I could see both ways. Do you see that as a boundary as opposed to just lay down the law? Yeah, I totally see it as a boundary and only because I would I would definitely, if I were her, have the same boundary. It's more of a respect thing for your significant other than anything. And just acknowledging that there's really not a whole lot of, I really, really disagree with men being friends with women, like just friends with women. Like I think that if you ask men, they have at one point been either interested or wanted to have sex with one of their girlfriends. My best guy friend from college, for example, love him to death. We've never done anything ever, ever, ever. But if given the opportunity, he said multiple times that he would love to be with me. So I just really don't believe in the concept of men and women being friends, like in it being fully platonic. Like I think there's some aspect of 
I don't know. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this and a lot of comments. I, you know, I actually I don't think you're going to get a lot of hate. I just like am so taken aback that's such a hot take. Well, I know that it's a hot take, but it is like a you're coming in hot with it. Like I would never date a guy that has a bunch of girl best friends. That's an absolute no for me. It's funny because I almost feel like it's kind of a green flag if he has a lot of. Now, here's the thing. If he's friends with like Victoria's Secret Angels and those are his girlfriends. OK, do I think that's probably a little like even though that's kind of like messed up to judge someone based off their looks. But like if he's friends with like only like super hot girls, I'm going to be kind of like, mm, OK, what's going on here? But I think right. it's kind of a green flag. Like if he just has like normal gal pals that he's either grown up with or I don't know, maybe they're like they used to date his buddy, but now they're they're just friends because they know each other that way. I think it it shows like a level of maturity and self-control. But I I also see the other side because I do think some men just kind of see women as sexual objects for sure. So this is a perfect example, though, because you and I both know my ex-boyfriend. After him and I broke up, he started dating a girl that was his childhood best friend. His families were family friends. Like he, she was always the girl that he told me not to worry about. And then as soon as we broke up, immediately start dating. Do I think it's possible for guys and girls to be friends? Yes. Am I suspicious? And would I have a hard time? Yes. Is it a little sus? Absolutely. So here's my take on her wanting him to like not be communicating with other gals and whatever. To me, that's her way of saying this is my boundary. This is how I want to feel emotionally safe. You've proven to me that you have a hard time staying faithful. I feel emotionally unsafe if you're communicating with a bunch of women behind my back. Like that's a little like on the flip side in this story, he did something interesting where he basically opened up all of his electronics to her. He was like, you can look at my phone, you can look at my iPad, which is great. Love that he was so open. But I was kind of going through this whole list. Um, I found a top 10 list of like the healthy boundaries that you should have in a relationship. It was so interesting to me because apart from like chemistry, it's like, how do you determine if somebody's compatible with you? And what I was basically getting from this whole list was like your compatibility is basically like, do you have boundaries that you can respect with the other partner? And so I figured I'm going to go through the top list and kind of give some examples. And I think a lot of the boundaries that I'm going to bring up are going to ring really true for the relationship that you just got out of, because I was like, oh, my God, yes, Kennedy and this guy had like a great relationship. But I also just think you guys were on total different ends of the spectrum when it came to boundaries. So number 10, you're right to your time slash schedule. And I thought this one was really interesting because I feel like when it comes to boundaries, everybody has a different idea of what they look like and what they think is healthy. Your ability to manage your own time is in a way that doesn't disrespect your significant others, um, but also is respectful to like the amount of space that you want to have. You have to like dive into the gray area. If somebody thinks it's okay to be away from their partner for three weeks, like that's fine. That's their boundary if that's what they want to do. But then if you can't respect the fact that that's not okay with your partner why would you want to be with someone who doesn't want to see you for three weeks like that's that's alarming to me you would be surprised like some people like i really do think that there's a person out there for everybody and i think some people are like better equipped or like more fine to be apart from their partner that long like i love being alone like three weeks to me doesn't freak me out but i also am emotionally dead inside so that's really a me problem (laughs) okay and let me go down the list again okay number 10 number nine your right to your material possessions. So I feel like the hot topic here is like with finances, your bank account and they have their bank account. And then some people, if they want to 
lean into being a little bit more combined. They'll have like a joint savings account. But some people see see things completely different. Like my parents are very much adamant about the fact that like they from day one always wanted to have one bank account. That's because they're a little bit more old school. But I also think it's because my parents, when they got together, both like didn't make a lot of money. So they're like, why are we going to have two separate bank accounts? Like we literally need all the money we can have. So like if you don't see finances the same way, if you don't, you can't stick to a budget. Like I feel like finances are the number one reason why why people have conflicts. It's like always in the top five reasons of why people get divorced. Classic cliche scenario, woman spending the money and, you know, not sticking to the budget, blah, 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 blah. Is this a stack ranked list? Like this is an order? It's not like a, th- these are like number 10, like number 12. Oh, got it. Okay. I'm just going down the list from like number 10 that I found on the website to like the top one. I was going to say, I'm surprised this isn't higher up on the list because yeah, I feel like finances in this topic is a huge reason why people aren't compatible and don't last. Very touchy. Number eight, your right to your beliefs. I feel like some people are better at this. Like some people aren't okay with having different religious beliefs or different political beliefs. And some people are a little bit more open to having more quote unquote lenient boundaries if you want to date somebody who has a different religion than you or somebody who's a part of a different political party. I get why people stick with what they know or what they're comfortable with. But I also think people that are, I think that it can go down a really slippery slope of being super close-minded. The religious aspects make a lot more sense to me. Like, I think it's important to be aligned in a lot of ways there if that's the focal point of your life. Political side is like, gets a little out of control. I almost feel like it's better to be with somebody who has a completely different political opinion. Obviously, that's not like with every case and every relationship. That's just so unfeasible to be like, everybody should date somebody in the opposite party. <laughs> I think it would force people to have to hear the other side, even if you don't agree with it. I think it's like so important to hear the stories and reasoning behind why people believe what they believe. Oh, absolutely. Okay, next one. Oh, this one's good. Okay, your private information slash what can be shared. So we, we've we been talking a lot about this on The Burt Show. So with girls, we think it's just brunch chatter to talk about what's going on in the bedroom. But my one of the co-hosts that I sit next to, he's a guy, he's like, well, I feel I would feel like a pig if I was sharing what was going on in the bedroom with like my girlfriend. And so having the same boundaries as to like what you're you're okay with sharing with other people. Wait, that's so interesting because I don't think I've ever discussed that with a partner before. About what you're allowed to share with your besties? Yeah, because the relationship I just got out of, we never discussed like what we were. Well, I would discuss what I would talk about with my friends because he would ask me. But he would ask me in a way of like he wanted me to talk to my friends about it or was like, oh, did you tell them about this? Like, But I never asked like if he was telling his friends. So I guess I should just assume he probably was. But <laughs> yeah. Wait, he wanted you to tell us stuff? Yeah. Yeah, like the name thing. The name thing, I'm still not over. Are you comfortable sharing this on the podcast? I know you got together anymore, but feel free to share. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to blast him as much as I can now. But na- are you going to use the same name? Or are you going to change the name? Should I change the name? Yeah, maybe change the name to something. I'll let you pick. Well, it needs to have like this, a similar connotation. So I'm trying to think of a name that... Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. It's it's a, it's a biblical reference. Oh, God. Do not give his penis a biblical name. The only thing I can think of. <laughs> Malachi. No, I was going to use David. David. David and Goliath. <laughs> no, didn't you didn't you say it was really more of a Goliath? Yeah, it was. David is funny. 
I feel like that kind of fits. I was going to say, like, I will never forget when you told me that he wanted to name his penis that name. Obviously, we didn't give the name away. Although, who who cares? Because who really would know? Yeah, honestly, yeah. who would really know except for him? I'm, and he's not going to, like, own up to it. Like, Kennedy went on Abby's podcast and told her yeah. that penis's name was... You know what's really awkward? Talking about sex on an ad read you know your family's listening to. But you know what's even more awkward? Having bad sex. And you know what? If you want to start having better sex immediately, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item. And you can get free shipping, which includes rush processing, so you can start having that better sex ASAP. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free sex kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you will both enjoy. Better sex is just a click away. That's 50% off one item, a three item sex kit, six free movies, free shipping with rush processing and free shipping with rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com, select any one item and enter offer code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast. So be sure to use this code. That's code Abby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is what I've been talking about in therapy recently. Sometimes it just feels like there are just simply not enough hours in the day. And if you had one more hour to do something for you, what would you do? Your knee-jerk reaction, like me, would be to do something somewhat productive. You probably need therapy, also like me. I spend a lot of time shoving my emotions and feelings down because, honestly, I don't like feeling uncomfortable with all those negative emotions. And therapy has been a helpful tool for me to stop doing that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash B-U-B-D to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash B-U-B-D to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash B-U-B-D. B-U-B-D. Blank. I never told him about your podcast, so I think we're in the clear. I don't really think that we would ever. Kennedy, you don't know. What if What if I get rich and famous in a year and then people are listening to this? Can I just say the name? I don't yeah. really. Yeah, say the name. So he called it Rudy and uh, <laughs> still not over it. And he told me this like very early on in our like before anything ever happened. He told me about it context are you guys like having dinner and like over lasagna he's like by the way i call my dick rudy no i think it was like the first time we were making out or something this is about to get real graphic but i think he like put my hand on it and was like (laughs) he's like i really want you to meet rudy dear god did he ever make you call it rudy This is so funny. Wait, you never told me this. You just told me the name. Yeah, no that's exactly how that was the exact context wow i kind of forgot about that so just (laughs) Did you shake it like a hand? Basically, yeah. And then we had a very X-rated album, shared album, called Chasing Rudy. Okay, I still don't get the chasing part. Like, did you chase it around? Did No, but it was like a chaser. It was photos to arouse Rudy. Oh. <laughs> See, I feel like it's only fair if, if he personified his penis, I feel like you should have had like a friend for it like if you're like if you're chasing he asked me what i called you know my situation and i was like i like nothing like should i I, i'm so confused if you were going to name your lady cave what would you name it probably my alter ego my drunk alter ego oh lola lola yeah 
See, I like Lola. It's like a sexy name. The yeah, it's cute. Of, the thought of him being like mid whatever and being like, is Rudy doing a good job? Tell Rudy, tell Rudy he's doing a good job. I was just like, <laughs> okay, nothing like that ever happened. Thank God. I, I did. And like every time you saw him, be like, now say hi to Rudy too. <laughs> never that cringy. But anyways, long story short, I have never had that conversation with someone before, which I now looking back, I probably should have. But I, in my most recent situation, he definitely insinuated that he wanted me to be telling my friends what was happening. You know what? To be fair, he was doing a good job. And I think he just wanted a good Yelp review for the lady community. Honestly, yeah. Sound seemed like it. Too bad he was shit otherwise. Okay. Um, this one, Okay. This one I loved when I read about it. I was like, this makes so much sense. So having boundaries around vulnerability and making it a boundary that the vulnerability is mutual. So like you match somebody where they're willing to meet you with how much they're willing to share about their life with you. I love that because I think, especially when I was younger, it'd be very easy to be like an oversharer. It makes so much sense to be like, just meet the energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wish I did that. I'm so, I'm such an oversharer. It's kind of ridiculous. Yes, I think that's a good one. I think that's what um your ex did when he mentioned that his penis's name was Rudy. That was not mutual vulnerability. That was that was a little much for him. Um, communicating discomfort. So like, if you don't like being touched a certain way, making the request, saying, "Hey, it actually makes me really uncomfortable when you grab my ass at our family reunion." If you do that again, I'm not coming to Thanksgiving with you next year. (laughs) Point blank. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I was watching a lot of like Katie's videos and the advice that she gave when you're trying to set a boundary. So like, let's say it is grabbing him, grabbing your ass in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, you've got to make your request, explain why you feel that way, but also not just leaving it as a request, leaving it with consequences. But not like a controlling way, just like a, I'm going to leave the room or something like that. Final four, asking for space, which you are very well acquainted with being asked for a lot of space in your relationship. Tell me how you think the most effective way someone could go about setting a boundary with how much space they need in a way that like makes sense and still feels respectful for your relationship. Not the ways that I was asked, that's for sure. (laughs) I actually don't think I was ever really asked. I think I just inferred that that's what was going on and then I made the right inference. Yeah, I mean, the first time I was asked for space, well, I wasn't really asked for space. I was told that they had a lot going on and they couldn't they couldn't be in a relationship. And so then we, we kind of broke up, I guess. It's not really asking for space. I think that there's a very specific way to go about asking for space in a way that makes people feel still safe and like they don't need to panic and have anxiety attacks about it. And I think that there's a lot of wrong ways of doing it. I think the right way is communicating how you're feeling and explaining to the person in detail like why you need space and what you're going to spend your time doing and like really what you're trying to process and work through. Um, So there's definitely an element of vulnerability to that. Um, but I think a lot of times people ask each other for space in relationships and it's like very anxiety inducing and very much like, okay, now I'm super panicked. Um, and the most recent time I was asked for space, as you know, was a very, it was like a five day period of just like me being a mess and then getting broken up with. To be fair, in that situation, I think if you're going to ask for space, there needs to be a note of when the space is going to end. Yes. 
be in a romantic relationship like friendships it's like i'll we'll see each other this weekend or i'll see you you know whenever we do group volleyball or whatever if you're dating someone and it's ambiguous as to when you're going to see them again i feel like if you're going to communicate space like hey i'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now like work is just literally hell let's go grab dinner on thursday but until then like i kind of just need like a couple days like by myself does that feel great no but at the same time it still feels like you're being intentional about when you want to see me again Though that feels like the right approach, because I think what a lot of tendency that a guy has, like I've realized in the last couple of years that guys have a really hard time compartmentalizing um, in terms of stress in their lives. And when they get stressed out about something, they let it consume their entire life and totally take over. So I think guys, a lot of times when they're stressed about another area of their life, they tend to completely shut down. And instead of asking for space in that way, they just decide to end the relationship or they decide that they just like need to shut the person out and they don't communicate. So I feel like that's actually a really healthy, good way to ask for space. No, I 100% agree. So I was reading this book by Steve Harvey, and I have mixed feelings about the book. So don't just take my opinion on the fact that I read this as like, you should read this book. It has amazing information, but it does have very brutal conversations about how men think. And something that he mentioned in the book is that it kind of confirms the taxi theory that sex mm-hmm. in the city has that like men will only get into serious relationships when like their taxi light is on. And so basically he was like, men need to feel like their ducks are all in a row. They need to make six figures. They need to have a stable social life. Like they need to feel like their life is settled in order for them to be able to be like, Whoop, switch the taxi light on. I'm ready to commit to someone. And the problem is it, that's fine if like that's your personal boundary. If you feel like you need your life to be 100% perfect, which is unrealistic, but whatever. You're right. They don't know how to compartmentalize the fact that like that needs to happen if they are going to turn their taxi light on. But the problem is you get all these motherfuckers with their taxi lights on and then they're switching them off, off on, off on, off on. Number three. Ooh, this one's good. Everyone say it with me. Expecting respect and not accepting unjustified anger. It's a really great boundary to have. Yeah. And I think sometimes people see emotions as gray areas of like, oh, he just blew up at me for that. And like, it's fine now. And especially in a romantic relationship, because this is usually the person that you're spending the most time with. It's the person that influences you the most. If they are constantly like being emotionally abusive to you and making you feel like shit, you don't need to accept that. In fact, you don't even need to just draw a boundary. You can actually just um, leave if it's safe to do so. Amen. Okay, number two. Uh, We talk a lot about gaslighting on this podcast. Every therapist I've ever interviewed, I'm always just like, please let us know how we're being gaslit because even though the whole point of gaslighting is so you don't know that you're being manipulated, how do I recognize it? And I think maybe the biggest one is just refusing to be blamed when you know that you're not in the wrong. Even though it's easier said than done because like obviously gaslighting, you have no idea it's happening. Refusing to take blame, setting that boundary. We're accepting blame when you are you are in the wrong. It's the reverse of that. Like that's a huge thing. And I think that's another thing I realized guys have a really hard time doing is accepting responsibility and blame and it's super frustrating and then they try to tell you they they do the opposite and they gaslight you into saying that they did nothing wrong and it just wasn't meant to be that oh yeah and my favorite excuse that i've heard on this podcast a thousand times well i just wasn't thinking what do you mean you weren't thinking and the last one is just simply saying no if somebody asked you to do something that's unreasonable or that you just don't want to do if they ask you to do anal say hell no That's funny because I think I literally have that written in my notes. I wrote up this list because I was doing some research and it was like, how do you like what are good boundaries? And the first one literally says 
declining anything you don't want to do. And literally parentheses, I put anal, LOL. Also, on top of that, expressing your feelings responsibly, talking about your experiences honestly, replying in the moment, addressing problems directly and not gossiping, and making your expectations clear. Wow, I like all of those. I feel like we really covered a lot of ground here. I agree. And remember, to everyone listening, all relationships need boundaries. Boundaries are healthy. Just don't use them to control and manipulate people into doing what you want them to do just because that's what you want them to do. Protect yourself, but don't control other people. Don't forget to get your breakup breakdown brunch ticket. The link will be in the bio and I'll see you whenever you said to tune in next.